0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Ajar and Levine Studios.
1: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Ooh, <laughs> we, I know this, you know, you can you can get two on him and he still splits. Uh, they move him around, they put him out at number one, they put him at three, put him in the backfield. We just get a, you just got to play tight coverage on him and um, play inside of him, outside of him. He does a really good job uh, at the catch point where he turns around and and you, you're basically a little bit out of position. He positions well, like a basketball player. But the big thing he does, like, when he, when he catches the ball, he gets a lot of yards after contact, so you got to tackle him. You know, you limit the yards after contact because he does as good a job as anybody after he catches the ball. Joe
0: Cullen on George Kittle, and Kittle's really good, and, and they have a lot of respect for this guy who can block as well as run the routes. And I think so many times now you're looking at pass catchers at the tight end spot who are electric. Uh, Waller comes to mind for the Raiders, right? Well, can they still block and, and this one made Gronk great but even this guy's different and these guys are different because of the speed uh Gronk's different as, as in in itself but uh Kittle can block Kittle can catch Kittle can run <laughs> Looks like that sounds like a t-shirt
2: Could be You're a big I mean, t-shirt guy I'm, by the way I am
0: a t-shirt guy look at it, I got my dream 18 t-shirt on today So uh well maybe yeah, that's dream what you would do logo everywhere yeah, maybe that's what I do. Just make T-shirts. You know, I, I've had many conversations over the years that have landed on T-shirts. Um, and I, I, even, like, with my mom, and the, for at times we would kind of cr- have some creative moments where, like, I wonder if this would be a good T-shirt. And, <laughs> heck, that was probably some 20 years ago. The T-shirt business is going crazy. So we probably could have stuck with some of those ideas yeah. along the way. Uh, but, yeah, that could be a T-shirt, kiddo can block, Kittle can catch, Kittle can run, Uh, Kittle can score. That That might be a good one. Um, Brett Martineau here at uh, Spring Sports Brewery in Springfield, along with Casey Kurtz here at 5, football at 5, we call it. And we've got some uh, football topics. Casey, I think you made a little bit of a list, and and so you're going to have to help me out here uh, from yesterday's show because we almost did this yesterday and just never got to it. The uh, first-year head coaches in the NFL, obviously Urban Meyer is one. Yes. And we're like halfway through the season. We're a little on the other side of halfway through. But we have a pretty good sample size of all the coaches and what they look like right now. And I think it's a good point to talk about it because you still have time to rescue or ooh, backtrack potentially <laughs> on what you're doing with your respective team. And I think there's much hope around here that the 2-7 and seven start uh, hasn't been great, we know. But for uh, the end of the year, you've got eight games to go. And can you win three? Can you win four? Uh, I don't think many people have gone beyond that. But could you do that and then gain some momentum into the off season and start to flip this thing again? I said this yesterday. If the Jags were to get to five wins, that's plus four from last year. If you go by NFL standards, that's pretty good. Like if you win four more games than you did the year ago. Problem with the Jags is started they had one. <laughs> so if you win six and now you're plus five, like that's really good. Uh, in the NFL, even if you did have one the previous year. So I think there's a lot to build on here at Jacksonville. Really watch in the second half of the year. These wins matter. Uh, They don't matter for standings. They don't matter for playoffs. They really don't even matter that much for draft position because the Jags are going to pick in the top ten almost regardless of what happens. Uh, But... I think it really matters for what Urban Meyer's trying to build, and that's the culture. So we talk a lot about Urban Meyer. We know what's going on here. You guys have your own opinions of Urban Meyer. Uh, We have ours. Uh, He's gotten through some of the mud over the last month, and I told you yesterday, I told you this week, I think he's got his bravado back a little bit. Uh, They found something on defense. If they can get that offense going in any way, shape, or form, I think you'll see the chest puffed out even more from Urban Meyer. And I think you start seeing him win some football games too, and then that will even, well, feel like an urban meyer team if they can get some more w's so um something to watch in the second half of the year but casey take us through some of these other guys and we're uh, like kind of like hey would you rather have this guy um or urban meyer potentially
2: yeah so i think we'll start with the coach the newest coach that's been in the news i'd say more than urban meyer especially nationally and that would be robert sala of the mm. jets um so that that's one. I'll give you the rest. You got Arthur Smith, who will coach tonight for the Falcons. You got Dan Campbell, who cried. You got David Culley, who in his first start as coach beat the Jags. You got Nick Sirianni in Philly. You got Brandon Staley in LA for the Chargers.
0: And by the way, these are all first year, first time head coaches. Yeah. So like a lot of times you'll get a retread. That's just on a new team. That's not the case. Uh, every one of those guys has never been a head coach in the NFL. Right. So it, uh, what, one thing we can compare, and even with Urban Meyer, who has been a coach, of co- head coach, of course, is that we can compare rookie seasons. This is his rookie season in the NFL, and this is a rookie head coaching season for all these other guys on the, on the list that you just sent and gave. So let's start with uh, Robert Sala. Sala has run into trouble this week because he acknowledged Rex Ryan, right? Uh, yes. And, and that's become a big story. I think it's an overblown story. It's a very New York media story. Uh, I, you know, Rex Ryan kind of bash Salah. Sala's a really good dude. I'm going to side with Salah anyway because I'm biased toward him. I think he's a really good guy. I think he's a really good football coach too. The one thing that has me concerned about Salah right now—well, uh, two things: the defense. Uh, I said this a lot about Gus Bradley. I've said this about every coach. If you're a defensive guy, you want your defense at least getting better or playing well. If you're an offensive guy, you like your offense getting better or playing well. And right now the Jags are in a little bit of that not playing so well with an offensive-minded coach. Well, the Jets are really that way with the defense. I mean, you saw uh, they gave up 45. They just got torched by the Bills. I mean, they are not a good defense right now. And they have some players on that side of the ball. Not great. They have some players on that side of the ball. So I think Salah, these last – However many games, whatever their record is, I think it's the same two and seven. So the rest of the eight games. They have to get going on defense. Uh, the problem Gus Bradley had here in Jacksonville is he started, he tried to get the offense going uh, along with Dave Caldwell before the defense. And I think that hurt him. Because if you're a defensive guy, make sure your defense is at least playing well. And I think Solo right now that that's hurting him. I think Solo's gonna be a really good coach. What I'm starting to think about is maybe it's on his second go-around. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, maybe he, he's a young enough guy where he gets another chance down the road, and he does an okay job with New York over the next few years, but he's not, like, the guy to bring New York back to where they want it to be. There's just a lot going on in New York right now, although I haven't given up on him. Uh, it's been a messy start. He's probably the worst of coaches. I think even Urban, Urban Meyer you could put in the messy start category, but I think there's less faith right now in Salah than there even is in Meyer. Yeah, uh, I, if, if you look across the league, wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think look, what happened with Rex Ryan? It's it's more it's not funny if you're a Jets fan, but it is funny that he told him to he knows where to find him. I, I like the idea of that that your coach has that fire in him. Uh, but yeah, New York took that and ran. My problem with Robert, you make a good point about the defense. They've given up uh, it's like 124 points in four games, which is not good. Um, but. What's, what's going on with your quarterback situation? It's, it's Zach Wilson, then it's Mike White, then Mike White's not ready. Josh Johnson's apparently on the roster now. It's Joe Flacco. What are we doing here? I don't, I don't get how yeah, – I don't a, know why you handle it the way that he has.
0: Well, I think, listen, you, you, you thought you were screwed when Wilson went down. You're like, I got nothing. Why didn't we get more, right? Yeah. Now we got Josh Johnson and Mike White. Well, then Mike White starts playing well. And then you kind of buy into the Mike White hype a little bit. Oh, and yeah. now Mike White falls off the table a little bit. And then you go get Joe Flacco just because, again, I I think I'd rather have Blake Bortles than Joe Flacco, honestly. Yeah. Um, but everybody's criticizing this move to Flacco, and I actually think it's a good move by Salah. Really? And let me tell you why. Yeah. Flacco's not great. No. The Jets might not play that great against Miami. But you know what's really hard for young, inexperienced quarterbacks? team that blitz the hell out of you. On third down this year, the Jags are getting blitzed. They're blitzing Trevor Lawrence. Third down this year, the Jags are struggling. There's a reason why people blitz young quarterbacks. You know who they don't blitz a lot? Old quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I'm giving you very good ones. I know Flacco isn't in that ilk, but Flacco's played a lot. And so if Miami's going to do what they did last week to Lamar Jackson, where they basically went zero blitz the entire game, you know? Well, maybe bringing Flacco in so he knows where to go with the football quickly and is not indecisive actually gives you the best chance to win this football game against this team with the style they're going to play. So I actually buy into playing Flacco this week more than Mike White where I think they would just have really no chance to function as an offense because this guy wouldn't know what to recognize and see and read. No, that's that's an interesting thought that I
2: had never really thought of. To me, I just saw it as you got to play Mike White to see what you have. And I think part of this is, look, Zach Wilson hasn't been that good. And all the, not all the guys. Well, kind of. All the guys that got picked after Zach Wilson besides Trey Lance, Justin Fields, once we let him play a little bit, he looks pretty good. Mac Jones, really good. So when you couple in the fact that there's can some at least question about did you pick the right quarterback at two, and now you can't figure out which one to play in the Joe Flack, I just think the way that it's been handled in general by Robert Sala has not been great.
0: Yeah, I don't know the best way to handle it on the offensive end for Salah. I mean, they just have no answers. Wilson wasn't good. Their offensive line wasn't good. They couldn't get anything going. I mean, they didn't score points in the first quarter until, like, week six. It's a problem. You know? And their defense actually got off to a better start, and now it's regressing. Uh, but, again, that's like guys like Quincy Williams played out of their mind for a couple of weeks, and now Quincy, who we know here, and everybody's like, I can't believe they let him go. Nobody's saying that anymore, you know? That's true. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, Anyway, Salah is right now with the Rex Ryan stuff, with the record, with the mess they have, and we don't know if Zach Wilson even is showing signs of development, right? He's hurt, and he's played awful most of the time, and it's been a train wreck a lot of the time when he is on offense. They do have at least two wins. Got to give him credit for that, and, and improbable over the Titans somehow yeah. uh, that they got that one. Same as the Jags, though, over the Bills. So that's the Salah story. Right now it's probably the saddest story of the rookie head coaches. Um, in the NFL, I think most people would say. All right, who else we got?
2: Uh, Arthur Smith. You want to go there?
0: Yeah, Arthur Smith tonight. This is interesting, right? Uh, he's, I think he's been a little up against it because if you look at, or they, they lost Julio Jones and now the Calvin Ridley situation. Yeah. And so this guy comes in as an offensive guy and he's, you know, they're trying to find their way and then Calvin Ridley's like, hey, I'm not going to play anymore for now and that's a different situation and that's fine but it really hurts them offensively I mean, he's a dynamic player i think they've battled a lot now they also have lost they got crushed last week they still feel like the team over the years that hasn't been able to figure out how to get a win in close games they play a lot of close games i wonder though if arthur smith's biggest mistake right now is his like falling in love nature with matt ryan and I don't know if they should move on from Matt Ryan. He still loves Matt Ryan, it sounds like, from what he says in the press. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that's the right move. I'm still not sold on Arthur Smith. Uh, and, and listen, they're getting some good play out of a guy like A.J. Terrell in, in the secondary. I've told you this. The reason why I like Atlanta is I think they are not as bad as their record said they were last year. Like, they have a better football team than what their record said. And so the four and five record doesn't shock me they'll probably get seven wins and quite frankly that's not bad and might be amongst the best out of the rookie coaches given some of the issues that he's even had with calvin ridley and losing julio jones and some other things
2: yeah i and i think another thing that has been done for atlanta this year that is kind of hard to believe and it's almost like a what year is a thing but corderel patterson is a problem for yeah. the opposing beef like he is a wet like a full-on weapon and that's like someone that I, when I think of him, I think of kick return, punt return, but he's yeah. lines up as a receiver, as a running back. And I mean, Arthur, Arthur Smith has to play into that. Cause that wasn't a thing before Arthur, Ar, God, I can't say his name. Arthur Smith got there. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts is coming on now, but it's a tough, that's situ- true. it's a tough situation, right? When you lose, obviously Julio Jones, you traded him. So it's different Calvin Ridley. And now you got receivers who can you even name them at this point? Like your number one <laughs> receiver is Russell Gage.
0: Yeah, but like you said about Patterson, they've used him right, right? They're getting the most out of a guy like Patterson who most people had not even heard about in the last couple of years. And Pitts is developing. And Pitts, you look at the numbers and, like, the pro football focus numbers, all this stuff, he's starting to develop in play. So I think you got to give some credit to Arthur Smith there. I think he's doing an adequate job. He's not like, whoa, my gosh, this guy's going to win Super Bowls in Atlanta. But uh, I actually think they're dangerous tonight for the New England Patriots too.
2: Really? That's interesting yeah. you say that because – the way I look at it is with no receivers and Cordell Patterson is questionable as well. Don't you think Belichick will be able to find a way to get rid of Kyle Pitts, just take him out of the game?
0: He usually tries to do that. Um, can you match up with that guy and can you take him out of the game? Easier said than done. I bet, uh, the, I bet the Rams tried to take Debo Samuel out of the game a little bit last week and they found ways to get it to him. So That's a good point. Uh, Belichick's been very good over the years with doing that. All right, let's move on. We, we hustle through these. What else we got?
2: We got Dan Campbell and David Collier, the next two we got.
0: All right, so Cully got off to a great start. Cully's in, like, an impossible situation. Cully yeah. is, like, the Band-Aid on a really, really big-time mess in Houston. And and I think they still are that way, and I don't think they figured it out. And you talk about a tough job, but also one of no expectation. If they win two games this year, that would be, like, a victory for the Houston Texans. Agreed. Uh, but he's, in, he's a stopgap guy, and he's there to fix things um, – as much as he can because he's a good man it looks like he got off to a really good start they've been competitive at times Davis Mills has actually come along and and played better than I thought he ever could uh, for them with that team and what surrounds him so I think he's done a pretty decent job the thing is he doesn't have to do anything else in fact uh, they'll buy him beer at the bar if he doesn't win again <laughs> yeah <laughs> they want the first or second pick uh, as for Dan Campbell I don't think this is going to work for Dan Campbell, and I don't think he's really acquitted himself that great. I mean, why why would Dan Campbell, does it work to say, man, they're playing hard, they're tough? Like, that doesn't work in the NFL. Nobody buys that stuff. Yet for Dan Campbell for the first month, it was like, man, they're really playing hard. They're tough. I mean, look at that. I mean, they're mentally tough. Like, they're, they're hanging around. Like, Okay, so what? Like, they're supposed to play hard. They're supposed to be tough. It's the NFL. Uh, it's a violent game. And... But Dan Campbell, because he's tough and and you know, whatever with kneecaps and all that other stuff, and then the crying thing. Yeah, he I get cry. it. He cares. He's passionate. The, but that didn't work for me. Like, and it hasn't. Look at look at ever since he cried, they haven't played that well. Now they did get a tie. They got a tie against the Ben Roethlisberger list team. Yeah. In in Pittsburgh. So, uh, and and they've really gotten. They they've really been beaten badly a few times in that stretch too. I'm not a big Dan Campbell fan right now. I don't think he's – I don't know where they're going. Now, I will say this, in fairness to him, and Austin brings this up a lot talking about the tr- Detroit Lions, they do not have much.
2: Nothing, some would they say. They do not
0: have much. Like, they they really don't have much. I mean, Jared Goff is just okay, and he's not surrounded by a lot. Uh, I, I did say this on Twitter at the Start of the Hour on Football at 5 here on ESPN 690. I don't understand how a guy like Tim Boyle, whoever that is – can have a job and, and be playing this week potentially with golf out, and a guy like Blake Bortles doesn't have a gig in the NFL. Like, I really don't get it. I I don't understand how you could say if you're trying to win football games, like Blake Bortles wouldn't be better than Tim Boyle. Like, who is that? I heard, I read somewhere he had 12 touchdowns and 26 interceptions in his collegiate career.
2: Yeah, I don't understand. I think it was how like he has Holy a Holy Cross
0: or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I don't get how that guy's on the team and Blake Bortles doesn't have a job. I mean, they're trying to save money. Is that the rookie contracting? I mean, it's like $600,000 difference. Come on. So I don't like where this is going for Dan Campbell. He does not have a lot of help with the personnel right now. They have a lot of fixing to do. Goff's not the answer most likely. Uh, But this whole toughness, then crying thing, I don't think it worked for him. I really don't. I I don't think that's – I don't see them winning more than like a game down the stretch. Maybe they will. Uh, but I don't think they do. And that's a tough division because Chicago's playing a little bit better. Minnesota's really good, and Green Bay's really good.
2: Yeah, I don't know how to feel about Dan Campbell because, you, to your point, I don't know who's on their team. Jared Goff's not any good, in my opinion. De- uh, DeAndre Swift is good, but yeah, like th- I looked it up because I was trying to trade for him in fantasy in a different league. That was the first game that he had. He had, like, 33 carries, but that was the first game he had more than, like, 22 carries. So I don't know what they're doing on offense, but they should do more with DeAndre Swift. So I don't know how to feel about Dan Campbell. I don't know who their players are, but they do play hard. But to your point, what does it really matter? He cried. So that's what I'm going to be stuck with. Uh, The last two.
0: Listen, the Jags play hard, too, but they've got two wins. And if I sit here all day for three hours a day and say the Jags played hard, nobody cares about that.
2: What would you do if Urban cried, though?
0: I wouldn't probably be a fan of it. I I didn't think so. Here's the other part about, like, he cried like four games into the year.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a little early to cry. I think it, yeah, I think your sweet spot for crying is like week twelve to fourteen. Like
0: December. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. What else we got?
2: We got Nick Sirianni and we got Brandon Staley. I guess we might have saved the. I don't know about the best, but the most promising for last.
0: It depends which way you want there, right? I mean, because I'm interested. Let's go to Let's go to Philly first. Okay. How'd I do? Who's most promising, Staley or Sirianni? Um,
2: I think Staley's got better players.
0: Uh, Yeah, I do too. Uh, Sirianni, here's what you could say. First of all, I think they've already done better than I thought they would. They've got four wins.
2: Four wins and a very easy schedule.
0: Left. And they do have an easy schedule. So he has a chance really, between him and Atlanta, I think, well, the Chargers too. Uh, so those three have a chance to really get the W's out of this class. And um, I think what he's done with Hurts has been pretty good like now everybody's saying good things about hurts three weeks ago i was like oh man when are they bring bringing in Gardner Minshew." there's been a lot of garbage time stats with Hertz. so if you look deep into the numbers if you want to admit it but the fact is they've won four football games right now with Hertz. and so the if they're four and six that's pretty good because i don't think that team has a lot and so i think suriani who uh, started his campaign with an odd press conference is uh, I think he's doing pretty well, man. I, th- I think keep an eye on him. Out, out of this rookie class, I still think there's a decent chance, given their schedule, that they finish with seven or eight wins, and he has the most wins out of any of these rookie quarterbacks here this season. Yeah. As for Oh, go ahead.
2: I was just going to say it's very possible, and he figured out, I guess they as a team figured out that they got to get Devonta Smith the ball. The last two weeks he's had like six and eight catches, I believe, and they've won those games. So
0: Yeah, and he's coming on. Yeah. All right, uh, so that leaves us Staley in L.A., in the Chargers. And the Chargers are were in a really good situation. Like, awesome start for Staley. You said it. They have the quarterback. They have people that have been here. Uh, they have good players. And the thing about the Chargers is Anthony Lane got fired not because they weren't that good. It's because they couldn't win close games. Right. That was it. They could not win close games. Like, they were, they were in every game, and they couldn't win. And they won those games early. Now, all of a sudden, they have had some weird couple of weeks. Yeah. They don't look the part. Like, did the Patriots figure something out? And, and now everybody's going to figure it out. Is there a blueprint? Are they not going to be as good? Because Herbert looks a little bit lost. Uh, they've lost a couple of games that they really haven't even been in. And now you've got to be a little concerned for the Chargers, which direction they were headed. It looked for a time there that them and Cincinnati were about to break through and be kind of the darlings of the AFC. Now you really wonder about both teams.
2: Yeah, you do, and you, the, the Patriots obviously did figure something out, but that's no surprise. But I think I think Justin Herbert's really good, and I think when you have that on your side, it works for you. Um, they, they're they weird in the sense of, like, Austin is a very good running back, but he's not like a workhorse back, and they, they only hand it to him like 12, 11 times a game. So I wonder how that weighs into what they do on offense and if that'll have to change at some point when you don't have a guy you can rely on 20-something times a game. But I think when you have the quarterback and Herbert – I I think it'll work itself out eventually. Uh, And obviously you're going to lose Hunter Henry and replace him with Jared Cook. So that hurts. Not that that's really, maybe that's a, not a regression thing, but it's just, it hurts Justin Herbert. So maybe that's something you have to address in the off season. But I, I like where the chargers are and the way I see it. And I don't know if you feel this way, same with the Bengals, They're ahead of schedule. Are they not?
0: Yeah, I think because of their fast start, but they're, they're, they're getting into dangerous territory now. And I think the Chargers play the Steelers this week. Then they go to the Broncos. Those are very winnable games if they're a good football team. Uh, then they play the Bengals. Then they play the Giants. Then they play the Chiefs and the Texans and the Broncos and the Raiders. I mean, they have a chance to real if they're good, they might get to 10 wins. Right. Right? Easy. Yeah. And so, and win the division potentially. Uh, And they already did they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, they beat the Chiefs once. Uh, So there's a chance they lose to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are playing better by the time they play them in in a month. Um, They did beat the Chiefs
2: on the road, though, so the Chiefs do have to come to L.A.
0: They do. Uh, So I would say I think the Chargers will find it. They're just too talented. Um, I kind of like that guy out there, too. I like his press conferences at the very least. (laughs) Big press conference Uh, guy. He's a big press conference guy. Uh, Big, big, like, philosophical philosophy guy oh that's a good one. and um and so it'll be if you could pick one guy of, of all this now obviously urban's not going to do it probably i think jags end up with like five wins uh maybe six uh cully they hope he ends up with one win probably sala is that got two maybe ends up with like four who knows um those three are out so then you got campbell well he isn't maybe one or two it looks like so those four are out so now you got three guys arthur smith Suriani, and Staley. Four, four, and five wins right now. Who ends up with the most wins?
2: I think... I I really think that the Eagles are going to win a lot of games down the stretch, and I think with Atlanta, you're going to have to at least play Tampa, and with New Orleans, they all just seem to beat each other, so I think that's going to hurt them, and I don't think they win tonight, so that's another step back. And the Chargers, yeah, I mean... Yeah, they have the Steelers this week at home, so that's you know that's something you get the Giants, but Texans as well. But there's just tougher games in their schedule, and I, think, I really think the Eagles can beat the Giants twice. They're going to beat Washington at least once, so I guess I'm going with Sirianni and the Eagles.
0: Yeah, they do have a very easy schedule, relatively speaking to the other two teams that I mentioned. Uh, I think Staley and the Chargers, and here's why. I think Chargers is better. I don't know if it's because of Staley. I think Chargers are pretty good. I don't really think the Eagles are that good. And I think we're going to get a mixed bag on Jalen Hurts. So uh, I don't see them rolling off like four wins in a row, even if it's against relatively easier competition. I think the uh, Chargers will get it done. Atlanta has a harder schedule in the NFC South, by the way, and they still have to play the Bills. So uh, they do get the Lions and get the Jags. But they are I can't trust the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, although, maybe I think they win tonight. Oh, boy. Here he goes. Or maybe just cover I don't know if they're doing that either. We're going with our Thursday night football picks when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're live at String Sports Brewery here in Springfield until 6 o'clock. Jaguars all access at 7 o'clock. Coming up on Fox 30 from Strings as well. And then on ESPN 690 right after this show, Casey and Brian Middleton. Action Sports Shacks overtime until 630. They'll stream it until 7. And then uh, football on ESPN 690 and Fox 30 tonight. It's the Patriots and the Falcons. So before we hit a break, we got Rick on uh, as we're getting a commercial. Let's stop and uh, do our Florida sportsman fishing report with uh, Captain Rick Riles. What's up, Captain? Captain Rick, what's happening? Hey, how are we doing, Brent? We're doing well. About ready to head to commercial break, but we we stopped it just for you. Let me rush through it, then. I'll tell you what, we did not get the wind that they
2: called for today. It was calmer than what we thought it'd be. I'm sure that cost a lot of guys
0: a day on the ocean yesterday. Continuing to get good reports from the last few days yesterday, um, my buddy Tim on uh, Who's Your Daddy had a 60-pound wahoo, um, had a 30-pound wahoo, and
2: won about 23. Lots of reports of sailfish. I know several of the St. Augustine boats had two or three sailfish. Inshore, David Boris reported that the temperature has dropped Just enough for the trout to be biting. If you want to catch trout, particularly on surface lures, now is the time. Tomorrow, the wind, again, scheduled to pick up out of the northeast. We'll see whether it comes through this time or not, but we'll be back to talk about it tomorrow afternoon with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and
0: CSS Landscaping, who is hiring top landscapers and paying top pay. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Captain Rick. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a good night, man. Uh, we'll be back. String Sports Brewery here in Springfield on ESPN 690. Uh, by the way, Tim, who's your daddy? Must be a Pedro Martinez fan, Red Sox fan. I like that. It's a good name of the boat. Eh, it's all we've right. We've done that segment before. Like, what would you name your boat? That's uh, It's a good segment. It's fun. Uh, we'll save it for the summer. We'll be back on ESPN 690. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, you know, we're we're doing things to to put him in in the position to get the ball. Uh, We're you know we're going to even make more adjustments with that, and just continue to hunt hunt ways to get it to him. You know, it's sometimes it um, the defense has stuff to say about it, like when you're just sending them down the field. So you can
2: see some of the other things that we've that we've tried to do with it and working in that area.
0: That is Daryl Bevel as they kind of try to figure out the offense of the Jacksonville Jaguars and get them going and get them scoring. Again, 23 points—the high of the season. That's ridiculous in nine games. I mean, you got to be better than that. Uh, and they have—and I can't imagine there. Maybe Detroit hasn't scored higher than 23, but I bet they have. Uh, Jags probably have the season low in terms of their high point total of 2021. But maybe I'll look that up now that I say it. Brett Martin, back here at String Sports Brewery in Springfield. Uh, we've got Shaq Griffin on the show tonight for Jaguars All-Access, 7 o'clock on Fox 30. We've got football tonight, the Atlanta Falcons, the New England Patriots, and Casey Kurtz along the way. Austin Lane will have his pick uh, mailed in, by the way, in an envelope, most likely, uh, as he is uh, on his way to Houston for a fight on Sunday. UFC Fight Pass the way to get that. It's a big fight for Austin. We'll talk more about it tomorrow, but uh, big weekend for Austin Lane, and uh, can't wait to see what happens Sunday night. Get the W. The Atlanta Falcons, what pick did they have last year in the draft? Do you remember?
2: I believe he was fourth.
0: The Falcons were? Yeah, because that's when they got Pitts. Yeah. So the Falcons could have had Mac Jones. Yes. They also could have had Justin Fields. Also, yes. Should they have? I don't know.
2: Like it's it's very like I I I believe that Matt Ryan is still kind of good. Um, and Kyle Pitts is really generational, and it, having a good tight end goes a long way. Uh, but I, I guess it's easy to look back and say you pick Mac Jones. I, I like where they are making the pick of Kyle Pitts. I think that stands up. Now, this isn't a very quarterback-friendly draft, and I don't even know if you're going to replace Matt Ryan yet, but I would say I think they did the right thing.
0: Well, here's the deal. If Mac Jones is really good, Justin feels we don't know yet, but Mac Jones is putting up really good numbers, and he's been sensational this rookie season. I love Mac, Jacksonville guy. I think Mac's playing excellent football going all the way back to see his last year at, uh, at Alabama. So I think Mac deserves a lot of credit, so I, I hesitate to say anything because then I'm like, oh, this sounds like you're taking away from Mac. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing. I just think Mac is in such a good situation. I gave you the numbers yesterday. The defense and the rushing attack of the New England Patriots over the last month, which is a four-game winning streak for the New England Patriots, and Mac's best football is number one in the league. So is Mac impacting that, or are those things impacting Mac's play? I would say more. So most likely, those things are impacting Mac's play, making him comfortable, putting him in good situations to be successful. More than any other quarterback right now in the NFL, from a rookie standpoint. So, would Mac Jones be doing this in Atlanta? I would say probably not. Same. He also wouldn't have Kyle Pitts, and he wouldn't have Calvin Ridley now that they would have planned on. But I do think if he continues to play good football, and he's the guy, which it looks like he's going to be the guy in New England for a long time, then the answer to this question is, yeah, they made a mistake. Tight end or no tight end. If you could have got a quarterback that's going to lead you for the next 12 or 15 years, Matt Ryan's only going to be with you for another couple. And so, yeah, I think they misfired on the quarterback spot is the way to answer this question Uh, as of now. I I think they could have brought Mack in. They could have brought Justin Fields in. And really, maybe Justin Fields would have been in a really good situation. Of course, he's an Atlanta-area guy. that he could have sat behind Matt Ryan for a bit. And now you still have your guy for the future. So, yeah, I think – I actually believe, and I know Kyle Pitts is going to be good. And Kyle Pitts is good. But the quarterback's the quarterback. And they had a chance to reset the quarterback position. And I think they missed an opportunity to do so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't believe that Mac Jones would be as good as he is right now in Atlanta. And I think you've documented a lot with quarterbacks that have been here. If you go out and have a rough and tough first year and your confidence isn't high, who knows what that does for the rest of your career? Mac Jones not only is playing well, but he's in a great situation. I'm sure his confidence has never been higher than what it is right now. And I think that plays in. I don't know if Mac Jones would be that with Atlanta, I don't have the offensive like pressure numbers from the offensive line and all that, but I have to imagine New England's offensive line is a little bit better. So that's why I would lean towards, I don't think they were, I, I think Kyle Pitts at this moment in time was was an okay move for them to make. Now if Mac becomes Tom Brady, then yeah, obviously. But I think it's there's too many questions about what would Mac Jones have been with
0: Atlanta. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, there's certainly something to be said for that. I, but listen, I'm not just saying this about Atlanta. I'm saying this about Carolina. Like, Carolina should have doubled down on the quarterback spot. They were It was risky business getting Sam Donald. There was nothing guaranteed about Sam Donald. There's a little bit more guaranteed about Matt Ryan. You know who he is. Sure. But when the quarterback position is of this much importance, and you have guys that are good and still sitting there when you're picking— you screwed it up. Like, it, there's a really good chance that Carolina screwed this thing up, too, and now they're back to Cam Newton. Three quarterbacks later. Yeah, what are the odds? So, I, I mean, uh, so keep them – are going to look. we we've done this with the Jags before, right, passing on Watson, passing on uh, Mahomes, and a lot of teams have done that over the years, and you can do it with every team almost every year. But I think there was this consensus that this is a pretty good quarterback class. And they yeah. had – I don't think there were a lot – there was that much decisiveness by saying – hey, Mac Jones and Justin Fields aren't very good. Like, there weren't half the teams, like, I don't think they're very good. I just don't think there was that. You know, when Johnny Manziel came out, there, was ha- there were half the teams, if not two-thirds of the teams in the league, like, I wouldn't touch them. Right. Right? That, that That's not the case with these guys. And so I think those people that passed and needed quarterback or, or could need quarterback down the road, I think they made a mistake on it. All right, uh, all that to get to the game tonight. The Patriots... Uh, Mac Jones has six wins. That is more than all the rookie quarterbacks combined this year, which really shouldn't surprise you. I mean, the, the rookie QBs that were picked, they're playing on struggling teams, all of them, except for Mac. <laughs> and, and Mac and, and the Patriots are playing well. So uh, what do we do? you got uh, you got first dibs on this Thursday night game. Give us the odds. Give us the over-under. And then you uh, decide what you want to do, pick a winner, pick the uh, spread or pick the over under
2: yeah i can i can do all those things and i'll start with the spread it is new england minus six and a half which means obviously atlanta plus six and a half by the way fun fact uh patriots six and four on the season six and four against the spread as well atlanta four and five on the season four and five against the spread as well so that's weird i think the
0: jags are two and seven on the season going into last week they were two and six and they were two and six with the spread stuff too uh, so now they're three and six with the spread because they covered. Oh yeah, they and uh, they're they. two and seven on the uh, on the season. Okay, go ahead.
2: So you got the over under at forty seven, and obviously the odds are in favor of New England. And yeah, I have first pick because I'm horrible at this. But Brent, here's the thing. I I like to live dangerously. There okay. is no chance. On the planet that this game is under forty-seven, give me over forty-seven points. Really? Mac Jones is going to score points. The Atlanta Who's Falcons. Clapping
0: for you, Brian Middleton.
2: No, I'm clapping for myself. I need. Oh, to... he's he's <laughs> like making faces at me, like, what are you doing? But here, you got to make things happen. I'm clapping for myself. Mac Jones is putting points up. Falcons are putting points up. Forty-seven, no-brainer, might have it in the first half.
0: All right. Uh, I think Austin's up next, right?
2: Uh, yes, he would be. So.
0: Here's what we got. Austin, what do you think?
2: Well, what, so here's what's funny. I, I read his text wrong. He <laughs> did not give me a direct winner. So you picking third, is gonna you're going to get to pick the winner.
0: So, what, he never gave a winner?
2: He gave me an over-under and he gave me a spread. Now, granted, his spread would give you the winner, but he didn't straight up tell me who's winning, so...
0: Well, what? he should take the winner. He, sh- he would take the winner, though. If he thinks, like, the Patriots are going to cover? He does. Well, then you should take. he would take that.
2: All right. Hey, I'm just trying In to fairness. make it hard on the guy.
0: Well, yeah, I know. But, I mean, if, if you had the option, because he probably thought you were going to well, yeah. take the, just the outright winner. Well,
2: that would be the normal thing to do, yes. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, which just kind of sets me up nicely. I'll take the six and a half points for Atlanta. Is that what it is, six and a half? Six and a half, yeah. I actually think the Falcons are going to upset the Patriots today.
2: Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah know uh, I wouldn't have picked that outright. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't pull the trigger. You needed the points. I think I did in my fight for the Fedora on TV. There you just go. Just because I need some catching up to do, but I'm in a different position here. Um, but I actually think that Falcons are going to win the game.
2: That is fascinating. I don't know yeah. how you feel that way, but, hey, more power to did you. Did
0: you think the Dolphins were going to beat the Ravens last week? No, I did not. No, I did
2: yeah. not. I picked <laughs> Ravens outright. But all well, I know to is. the NFL.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a good point. All I know is both teams are scoring in the 30s, and I'm going to be sitting pretty in the third quarter. That's all I Keep
0: know. in mind, hey, the one thing that's interesting here, and now listen, uh, I think um, Trevor did a good job of this going to Cincinnati because he played okay in that Cincinnati game, but the rookie quarterback going on the road on a short week, that's a really new thing. That's true. For, for Mac Jones. You know, And they have just had a lot of stuff going their way. I think it's a little bit of a desperate game for Atlanta coming off a miserable performance. And it just seems like the way the the league's cooking. Most of the time, Atlanta plays pretty close games. So I like the 6.5. But I actually think they're going to pull it out. I think it's going to be a big performance by the Falcons. Um, We'll see what happens on Thursday Night Football. You can hear the game on ESPN 690, of course. You can watch the game on Fox 30. It's Thursday Night Football, Patriots and Falcons. And did you see what the Patriots uh, tweeted out earlier? I did not. This was classic. You know, every, everybody always references 28-3. to 3. Yes. Um, and I'm not a Patriots or Falcons fan, so it's whatever to me. But uh, where did I? I know I retweeted this. Uh, yeah, I did. Hold on. Hang on tight. Uh, no, hang <laughs> Patriots tweet. We weren't going to mention it, but you can't make this stuff up. Luna, partial lunar eclipse tonight to last three hours and 28 minutes. What, <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds, that's like a, That's a story. That's that incredible. Says the partial lunar eclipse will last three hours and 28 minutes. Man, Falcons fans will never li- live that down. But the Atlanta Braves are the world champs. Yeah, they baseball. are. So you got that going for you. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Put a bow on the show with a little baseball. MVP awards handed out tonight. Who is going to win? Oh, Vlad or Otani? A bet will be decided tonight. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Throughout
1: the year, um there were times, like like I said last week, they really played well. But now it was we got we got to put four quarters together, and they did that obviously against Buffalo. And then we didn't start well, but then they then they, they drew the line in the sand and said enough is enough, and let's, let's get the ball back for the offense. So I, I just think as they continue to grow, continue to play with one another within the system, they're just they're just getting better and, and feeling more comfortable with what they're doing. And, uh, and playing, they're playing physical and fast. And when you when you know what to do, you can play fast. That is Joe Cullen,
0: Jaguars defensive coordinator. We got a lot to get to in about four minutes, so let's do it right now. MVP awards coming out in Major League Baseball. As we're live from String Sports Brewery in Springfield, taking you up until 6 o'clock. Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Shacks overtime from 6 until 6.30. And then we've got NFL football tonight on ESPN 690, Patriots, and Falcons. Vlad or Otani? Who wins the MVP in the AL, Casey Kurtz?
2: How could it not be Otani?
0: You know, it's so funny. You know, Austin and I obviously have this thing back and forth, and it's more just kind of in fun. And I think he knows how good Otani has been, too. I think it has to be Otani as well. But they finished so far out of the race. Vlad and Toronto have this huge surge late. So I can see some momentum for him. I've my buddy Pat. I have these. I talk to him like every day, and I didn't talk to him recently about this, but back during the season, he's like, I don't get it. He's like, I don't understand how anybody could think Otani is the MVP. Look at his numbers versus like Vlad's numbers. I was like, Pat, he pitches as well. Like he throws 100 miles. Right. Nobody's done this since Babe Ruth. He wasn't buying it. Like he just thought, if you look at the average and 30 points difference and the numbers and all that stuff, well, collectively. I think it stops here if you ask a voter that this guy did something that nobody in baseball has done since babe ruth at this kind of level not one time but like for an entire season i think the conversation stops right there that's it, it. like i don't care if vlad hit 400. <laughs> well <laughs> maybe yeah. that would have been different yeah, but uh, yeah. because that one hadn't happened for a long time too right yeah so I think it's Otani as well. I think it's probably closer than people think. And I think it's a great debate and argument and fun one because Vlad played so well. National League now, it's wide open, as you tell me. The odds say wide open. As good as the MVP candidates are in the American League. And so deserving. We saw some things that we just hadn't seen, and Otani especially. The MVP in the National League is very, like, blah to me. Like, I like Bryce Harper. But if you tell me Bryce Harper's MVP, I was like, oh, really? Like he had that good a year, yeah. and then you know Tets, he started so great and then really fizzled in a lot of ways. They had to even move him to right field. His defense was so bad. He's yeah. an electric player. I love him, but he wasn't an MVP for the entire season, in my opinion. And then uh, who else did you throw at me? Uh,
2: uh, Juan Soto.
0: Soto and Soto's a really good player, but the Nationals were never a factor. The Na- he didn't. He's really good. It was he like, like, I feel like he's been better in other seasons. I'm not sure I'm right on that, but I feel like he was. He has. So I just don't feel it's it's very underwhelming MVP race, in my opinion, in the uh, National League. And it's a very overwhelming <laughs> MVP race in the American League.
2: 100%. Uh, I think if Tetis doesn't get hurt, he probably runs away with it since he hit more home runs than Soto and Harper in less games. But obviously the defense is an issue, and I don't know how you can be the most valuable player if you can't play defense. I think it's Harper um, against all odds because he quietly had a really good year, and it's hard to do it quietly when you're making like $300 million. But he found a way to do it, and I think think it's Harper and Otani. And I will be super interested in the vote on the American League side because I don't think it's close. I think Otani's going to win it by a lot and I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I think it'll be interesting to see how the voters uh, let that play out.
0: Uh, all right, quick hit here. No way Lane Kiffin goes to Miami. You agree or disagree?
2: Uh, I disagree because Lane Kiffin's done some interesting things. I don't think that Miami's a better job than Ole Miss. Um, it's name recognition, it might be bigger, but it's not in the SEC, so it obviously doesn't mean more. But I think Lane Kiffin's to say, put, he's building something, and Miami, I, I just don't see it.
0: Miami hasn't been able to figure it out. I I think Lane Kiffin loves Miami because it's Miami, you know, and he grew up around football, and I get the idea. The only other thing you could argue about Lane Kiffin going to Miami is the fact that the friction in the ACC is nowhere near what it is in the SEC West and the SEC in total and the SEC the way it's going to be when you bring Texas and Oklahoma in as well. Uh, But I don't think you, I think Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin are such a good fit right now. I think Mississippi State and Mike Leach are a good fit right now. I think they make those schools relevant, which is kind of cool. No, uh,
2: 100%, 100%, but Lane Kiffin's done some interesting things, so it wouldn't necessarily put it past me. But, yeah, for his career, I would stay.
0: And a story to keep an eye on for uh, tomorrow, Antonio Brown, fake vaccination card. We should all be shocked. Antonio Brown fake vaccination card. Apparently, that's the report, although the team has issued a statement saying we didn't see anything unusual about the vaccination card when we turned it into the NFL.
2: Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> Maybe you guys can talk about that on Action Sports Shacks overtime. We might that have to get into that. Right now on ESPN 690 until 630. Of course, later on tonight, we've got the football game on ESPN 690, Patriots and Falcons. And coming up at 7 o'clock, Jaguars all access from String Sports Brewery right here in Springfield. 7 o'clock on Fox 30. You can watch a football game tonight on Fox 30 as well. We'll do it again tomorrow from Extreme Wing Sports Grill, Roosevelt Boulevard, tomorrow 3 o'clock. Come on out and join us. We'll talk some high school football as well, get you ready for the weekend. More Jags, more NFL, more college all tomorrow afternoon. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz, coming up next. Action Sports Chats, overtime.